your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again, Cougar football fans. Welcome back inside Studio C here at the BYU Broadcasting Building. It's another episode of the Sitake Show. Great to have you with us for the next hour as we look inside the Cougar football program, a program that remains undefeated and getting closer to the top 10. As always, we involve Cougar Nation in the show. We'll have your questions for the coach later this week and every week. Use hashtag Sitake Show to submit questions on Twitter as well as Facebook and Instagram via the BYU TV sports accounts. All right, coming up on tonight's show, we break down the Cougars' comeback win in Houston. We'll go inside the film room with happy hurdler Mason Wake. We'll preview a Saturday night catfight between BYU and Texas State. Tonight's Cougar Q&A goes looking for the weird and the wonderful. Our deep blue player profile tells the Zane Anderson story. And we visit live with defensive lineman Zach Daw. And to help us do all of that is the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake. Hey, coach, good to see you again. What's up, Greg? I'm excited. It's, it's an exciting time to be the head coach of the Cougars and a broadcaster for the Cougars and a fan of the Cougars. And I know you've already put last week's uh, win to bed already. It was last Friday night. But uh, it's a fun one to look back on. Uh, you were in the Lone Star State, and, and you were not alone. Lots of BYU fans in the stands to cheer you on last week. It was awesome. Yeah, that was fun. And, and um, just really missed that, you know, just uh, um, entering the field with the team and just hearing the, the excitement the passion from our fans. And uh, there was a lot of them there, you know, and, and just really thankful that they were out, out there cheering our guys on. And uh, they made a difference for us like they did, they always do. And so uh, after, you know, four games of no fans, that was a real treat. And the players are really excited about that. And, you know, we faced some adversity in the game, but I'm glad the guys were able to uh, believe in each other and, and, and keep fighting on and, and getting the win eventually. Maybe because we were without fans for a while, it, it felt like like the 10,000 or however, however many thousand were there for BYU uh, as part of that crowd, the number sounded bigger than it was, right? Well, and I, you know, our fans tend to make a lot of noise um, regardless of what the stadium is and, and the numbers. So uh, what, what the numbers are, the, the, the noise is, is way louder than, than um, I mean, I think you could hear it. You can hear just how much energy they had. And, yeah. and uh, just uh, they, they were just so excited about the game and, and we're really thankful for them. Well, it was a game with a great start and a fantastic finish. So let's revisit last Friday night's comeback conquest for the Cougs. Game highlights are presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU and Houston third time, all time. And BYU was looking to go 3-0 in the series, and that the Cougars did. BYU was down 3-0 early, but first offensive play of the game, Coach, is this. Yeah, and I mean, Dax and Zach have a really good connection, and, and obviously... Uh, you know, Zach felt really good about it on first play going to Dax, and, and that's the result right there. I mean, he's big-time play waiting to happen. So, Zach was on his way to a 400-yard passing night, but he had a good game on the ground too. Yeah, he, I mean, I, I think he's uh, – people don't realize how fast he is and, and uh, a little bit deceiving, but, uh, you know, he's got a lot of speed and a lot of athletic ability. played point guard in high school football, uh, basketball. Great play design here and good protection for, for Zach to spot his guy Isaac Rex downfield. And then Peeney finishes it off and you're up 14 to 3. Yeah, started off fast, you know, and then we ran into some uh, some issues. And defensively, you know, uh, you have to credit Houston there. We put some some uh, nice throws. Tune, Tune was able to be, you know, aggressive and, and uh, knife the ball and, and be accurate in his throws. I mean, he was, he, he torched us early. So, and then we ran into some issues trying to, uh, you know, we feel good about our front. And uh, obviously we're in the hole a little bit going into half. 
Yeah, right before the half, a fourth and one doesn't get in. They answer with a field goal before the break, and you're down at the break by a score of 20 to 14. So close to getting Clayton Tune in the backfield, but he makes you pay. And uh, Houston goes up 12 there. They missed a two-point conversion, though. A big play by George to keep it at 12. And then the comeback begins for BYU. Yeah, good answer from our offense, you know, especially when we, we really need it. We were down by 12, and, uh, you know, we felt like that, that eventually we'd get there. And, uh, you know, we were able to execute our plays, you know, even on special teams. And, uh, you know, just credit to our coaches and our, and our players being able to execute all our, all our plays the right way. And that was a special play on special teams with the onside kick. And this screen is part of the effort to get you in scoring territory. Then comes the play they call Chiefs. Yeah, I, you know, they, they got that from the Kansas City Chiefs and, and uh, really good play. Mason set it up and, and Zach was really, you know, sneaky with the underhand and really good play. And then Defense after were able to settle, settle down and, and play some good defense and get the, the ball back. The good defense, including three sacks in the second half and BYU already leading now, facing a third and 15. And this kind of felt like the capper. What a great throw. Yeah, you know, we wanted to be aggressive. I, I know that... Um, Kicking a field goal only gets us up by six, so that was a, that was a big-time play for us. And getting the ball back and then having our, our guys punch it in and put it out of, out of reach. Tyler Algier finishing it off, and your final score is 43-26. to 26. BYU goes from down 12 to winning by 17 to go to 5-0 and 0 on the season. And uh, whether you knew it or not, Kalani, it's the first game you've won since you've been the head coach. First game you've won without rushing for at least 100 yards. BYU ran for 78, but when you're passing for 400, you can get some things done. <laughs> yeah, what, whatever we can do to get the points on the scoreboard, you know, and I, I'm not uh, set on trying to force the run game, but, uh, you know, we, we fortunately have a, a good amount of players that can catch the ball and, and a quarterback and a number of quarterbacks that can throw the ball. So we feel comfortable with whatever the, the uh, defense is willing to give us, we'll capitalize on it. The quarterback and the wide receivers uh, were kind of the, the standouts on Friday night. And the win showcased some, let's call it, outstanding junior achievement there. Juniors, quarterback Zach Wilson and, and wide receiver Dax Milne. And these guys both set career highs on this night. Uh, Dax had career highs in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. And for Zach Wilson, it was a career night in, uh, in passing yardage. Yeah, and, and, you know, Dax is a really good target. I mean, he, like I said, he's got great ball skills. He's, he's been doing that for a number of years now and, um, you know, getting more targets. I think uh, the number of targets that he got and the touchdowns, that's a, that's a, a great, um, you know, number to have. These guys are roommates, right? Yeah, and, and they, you know, I, I, obviously Zach's going to find whoever's open and get him the ball. I think Dax was open on that uh, trick play as well, but I think Zach was trying to spread it out and gave Isaac Rex a throw. Yeah, he did. So let's, let's go inside the numbers and take a look uh, at the comeback. And it really was an amazing comeback for BYU. At, at one point on Friday night, uh, BYU was down 12, right? Now, before the Houston game, the largest comeback since you've been the head coach was from down 10 points, most recently at Tennessee last year. But from down 12 to winning by 17 in a, in a, in a rather short span of time, if you want to look at it that way, it was a furious finish. And, man, when you guys got rolling, it was, uh, the momentum was palpable out there on Friday night. Yeah, you know, you give credit to Houston for some of the things they did, um, you know, to, to get that early lead on us. Like we, we jumped out early on them, 14-3, and, and uh, just couldn't sustain it, you know, and so you give them credit for doing what they did. But I uh, love that, that, that our guys never gave up and they believe in each other. The sideline was really positive, optimistic. That long drive that, that Houston had to go up by 12 was, was a, I mean, that was 98 um, yards yeah. and 
there's a lot of things that you could hang your head on because they scored on that. But there, we saw a lot of positives too. We just knew that if we kept you know fighting, we kept executing our scheme, we're going to be okay. And, and our offense is capable of scoring a lot of points in a short amount of time. We'd like them to score as much as they can in 60 minutes, and because uh, that that helps us win more games if we can do that. Yeah, well, you get in the 40s four times in the first five games for the first time since uh, since 2001. And that was a pretty prolific offensive team. Well, uh, the win in Houston had a lot of things that were so nice, you'd like to see them twice. So let's uh, take a look at a couple of key plays in this week's Cougar close-up. And we're going to start with what might have been, in some ways, uh, the play of the game. BYU just drawn within five points late in the third quarter, and the decision was made to go with the onside kick coach, and it works to perfection. Yeah, you give a lot of credit. Jake was asking for it. He, he wanted to execute this play. and. Um, you know, he and Talmadge have this connection. We've, we've been practicing it for a, for a while now, and Jake is a very talented kicker, uh, you know, and, and Ed Lamb did a great job prepping them for it, and, and uh, Ed wanted to call it, and, and I trusted him and Gavin Fowler, you know, in, in, the, in their decision with the, with the special teams, and um, I didn't see it. I didn't think it was there, but they, they convinced me, and there, there it was. And then, again, the touchdown that made it a 10-point game comes on a third down and 15. That's a tough get for a lot of teams, and Zach dropped it in there perfectly for Dax. Yeah, we, I mean, if you're going to play Dax one-on-one, -on -one, we really feel good about that, that uh, connection that most of our receivers have with, with Zach. I think it, we should end up on, uh, you know, in a favorable position if that happens. And it did. And BYU went up 10 there, ends up winning it uh, by a score of 43-26. All right, let's a zero in on another highlight from last Friday night, and it is uh, the Mason Wake touchdown that puts BYU in front to stay. Let's go inside the film room now with Jerem Jordan and Mason Wake. All right, Mason, uh, the play is called Chiefs, taken from the Chiefs, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, when this play came in, it was called. Did you know this would be a touchdown? Yeah, I actually did. Um, so my job was to just, just get on that end, kind of sell inside, so, and then give him an outside path, and then I would just chuck him and turn. I mean, Zach said it was taking me a while. He was he was nervous to throw it. He thought it was going to be too late, and I turned. It was right in my face. I just grabbed it and got vertical. Did you always practice it as an underhanded toss? Yeah, we did. He actually said he was going to point, but I knew he wasn't going to do it. <laughs> but it worked successfully. <laughs> the moment you get in the end zone, that's a big play in the game. What was that moment like for you as a guy who is a walk-on, who's fighting uh, for playing time? You've had a lot more this year, and now you score this big touchdown in a big game. Yeah, it's a lot different than last year when I kind of just, um, um, this year I, I'm trying to make an impact as a player. And just getting to the end zone, um, being able to share that message, uh, it's, it's such a surreal feeling. And um, a lot of those summers of not, not doing anything but working out, just grinding, all those days are paying off. But I still got a lot to prove. And the message you're referring to is uh, rest in heaven, mom. What can you tell me about your mom? Uh, she means the world to me. Uh, she passed away when I was eight years old uh, from cancer, but everything I do is for her. And my brother made me that T-shirt. Um, so I just wanted to get that message out there. Absolutely, and I'm sure she's proud of you. Let's talk about the hurdling. That's been a thing for you. Uh, Kalani Sitake, joke, you've been hanging out too much with Chad Lewis. When did this start for you? Uh, ninth grade is when I got my first hurdle, but... Um, I just say, like, I just try to bring juice and add another thing to my game so then I'm not just one-dimensional um, so I can keep the defenses um, honest. Is the La Tech hurdle the best one? Uh, that one definitely felt the best. Uh, I don't know. I'd say that one, yeah, that one's the best. You played in front of some fans at Houston. Now you get to come home and play in front of 6,000 fans against Texas State. So what's that going to be like facing them with some fans at home finally? 
Um, we just got to approach the game like how we have been. Um, we just need to um, have our mentality as we're zero and zero and we haven't proved anything yet. And we just need to go in there and um, play our best and be who we are and don't try to be superheroes. Well, superheroes fly and they hurdle over people. So uh, I'm not sure how that mixes, but keep doing your thing, man. It's been fun to watch. And thanks for joining me in the film room. Yeah, thank you. All right, as a former fullback, uh, about a guy that plays a lot of fullbacks and tight end, kind of an H-back hybrid role for you. Uh, what has Mason Wake brought to your, not just your team, maybe your locker room too? Yeah, a lot of energy. And, and you mentioned that he, he's a hard worker, you know, and, and so the players recognize those that sacrifice a lot, and he does. And so he's, uh, it's good to see his hard work pay off and in a lot of ways and touchdowns and, and, and opportunities to carry the ball or run it or... or, or or catch it and block. And so the guy is willing to do whatever he can to help his teammates. And uh, just it's a pleasure to be his coach and have him on the team. Have you had any technique advice for him? No, he has great coaches that can kind of teach him how to do that. You know, I, I wouldn't say that I had the best uh, uh, example of ball security when I played. So I, I'd rather just tell him how to do it right and instead of, uh, you know, have him show my, my old clips of my stuff when it's not HDTV. <laughs> Let's go, to, uh, let's go to the polls. Uh, BYU keeps moving up in the uh, major polls, the coaches poll, the AP poll. 11th in the coaches, but the, uh, the poll of record, if you will, is the AP. And there we see BYU at, uh, at number 12. So ever closer to the top 10. And a couple of teams in front of BYU have yet to play a game, but that'll change this weekend. Ohio State and Penn State. You see Oregon yet to play. Wisconsin yet to play very close to the Cougars in the top 15. And uh, the polls, Kalani, uh, they're a byproduct of the hard work and the results you've put forth. And so uh, hopefully you and the guys can take time to at least appreciate that, not get too focused on it, but know that, hey, yeah, this is where you know, BYU is right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we recognize that that's happening, but I think our focus as a team and, and myself as a and our coaching staff is just to play at our best every week, you know, and, and, and fix some of the issues that we had and the mistakes that we made from the week before. I've just been really proud of our team and, and how resilient they are. And I'm going to lean on them to keep working hard and, and focusing on what, what the task is at hand, and that's beating Texas State. That's our focus right now. And uh, I think all the stuff is great for the fans, more importantly. And, and, um, but for us, we're, we're just trying to win games. Fans are having a good time with it, for sure. Well, for your day-to-day -day Cougar Sports play-by-play, -play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Steve Young will be on the show tomorrow. When we come back, it's the, uh, the weird and the wacky in uh, Cougar Q&A, plus a preview of Saturday's battle with the Bobcats. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. Always here for you. Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Smith's. Fresh for everyone. And by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. Back for more BYU football with Kalani Sitake. You see a lot of Zach Wilson there. We're halfway through the current 10-game schedule. Special season so far for Zach, a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate. by Pretty much everyone's uh, reckoning right now at the midway mark for BYU. You see his numbers there, just tremendous high numbers that uh, we haven't seen around here or most schools haven't seen in a long, long time, if ever. You see total touchdowns responsible for 12 passing and six rushing and just one interception thrown right now. First time since 1991, Kalani with Ty Detmer as a starter. 
that BYU's now gone four straight games without throwing a pick. Hey, we, we, we want him to take care of the football, but it, it, the most important thing is that he's been coached well, but uh, Zach's making great decisions out on the field, you know, and we want him to be aggressive, and um, we don't know how long that streak will last, but as long as he's being mindful of the ball and protecting it and making wise decisions, we'll be okay. 132 pass attempts without a pick, a fifth longest streak in BYU football history. All right, uh, Zach Wilson and the Cougars returning home to host Texas State this Saturday night. Uh, Cougar pregame live will start at uh, 8.15 Eastern time on BYU Radio. Countdown to kickoff airing at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Kickoff is then at 10.15 Eastern time. That'll be an ESPN game with BYU Radio coverage for you to listen to. Then postgame coverage right after the game on BYU TV and BYU Radio both. And for the first time this season, uh, Kalani, you've already referenced it, but uh, fans will be in the stands to watch BYU and Texas State, which is pretty cool. Yeah, we're really excited about being back home, but, but really important for us to see our, our families and loved ones and, and uh, you know, and the supporters and fans out at, you know, in Lavelle Stadium. It's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to performing at our best. It's another first-time opponent for BYU. The Bobcats of Texas State uh, out of San Marcos. They're 1-5. Right now, and on a three-game slide, but in those five losses, Kalani, or some uh, some close games against good teams. Yeah, I mean they, they lost, uh, you know, by seven points against uh, SMU, who's ranked, and they lost to Boston College, a P5 opponent, by three, you know, and so lost to UTSA in double overtime. Team that played you really well. Yeah, and so um, you know they they have very capable players, and I don't think the uh, their record is indicative of, of the talent that they have on their team and and their coaching. I mean, the, the Spaddle's a really good, great coach, and a great offensive mind. So I, I think, you know, we have, I know we're going to get their best shot, and I say that we can, every week that uh, we need to make sure that they get our best. And so looking forward to fixing some of the issues that we had last week and performing and, and uh, looking, you know, looking forward to this matchup. You see the schedule there. Uh, SMU is now a ranked team. BYU is a ranked team. Coastal's on their schedule. They're a ranked team. And, and the Sun Belt's playing some good football right now as a conference. Yeah, and I mean, well-coached and, and a lot of athletes in that region, in that area, and we see it week to week, you know. Um, Texas State has a lot of great athletes as well and physical up, up front and O-line and D-line, and, um, you know, we're, we're going to have to be ready, and, and we respect all our opponents, so we're looking forward to the matchup, looking forward to the game. Uh, and your current offensive line coach came from Texas State. He did, you know, and Mateos is familiar with a lot of guys on that team, and so I think we get a little bit of feedback on what he saw, but... Those guys have had the last two years to improve and, and uh, develop, you know, so he, he, what he saw was, was uh, maybe them when they're a lot younger, they're more veteran and, and uh, mature now. So we, we know what that's all about. The head coach is related to the defensive coordinator pretty closely. They're brothers. <laughs> yeah, so you, you know what they talk about <laughs> most of the time is football. And so, uh, yeah, and I, obviously they're going to work really well together and, um, you know, we're, like I said, we're, we know that they have capable players. We know what we've seen on film, the things that they've been able to be highly competitive against really good teams. And so we're expecting, we're expecting their best when they get here. Let's get to some personnel notes for you right now. Uh, Micah Harper, who's been a really good player for you as a freshman this year, we're not going to see him in the first half against Texas State because he took a targeting call, mm -hmm. uh, which was, you know. Uh, true freshman yeah. has started for us and. And, uh, you know, coming out of high school, he, we knew that he would be something special. And uh, he'll have to sit out the first half, and he'll be ready for the rest of the game after that. And now we're looking at some names right now of guys that uh, we hope uh, some are able to play for you this weekend. And, and uh, as you look at that list right there, who jumps out at you as somebody you think you, you can see play this week maybe? 
Yeah, I think, you know, Gunner and, and James will we'll see, we'll evaluate it day to day and see how it goes this week. Um, but Kyrus, Kavika, Tristan, and Sione all practice today. So um, there's a good chance that they'll play. We, the other two are questionable. We'll have to wait it out. And I'm not a trainer, so as soon as they get on the field and practice and, and compete, then we'll be able to see them on Saturday. You have unfortunately had to deal with some of the, uh, the, the longer-term injuries, and the only really new one there would be Zoe from, from last week, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, just looking forward to getting these guys back for next year, but uh, from what I'm seeing and, and how hard they're working, the rehab's going really well, and, and uh, you know, they'll be playing football again next fall. Uh, back to Sione for a second, Finau. Uh, when you do get him back, it just it, it boosts in the depth in your running back room. But for the time being, you haven't had to rush him back because the guys are playing so well. Is that fair to say? They are. And, you know, Sione is the type of guy that wants to be on the field uh, probably the week after he had surgery, you know. <laughs> and so uh, it's hard keeping him off the field right now. And, and I think he's probably closest to playing this Saturday than he's ever been. Excellent. Well, let's uh, get to break by telling you that Mondays at 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific, we do talk with the BYU football coordinators on our Coordinators Corner broadcast with Jeff Grimes, Eli Tuiaki, and Ed Lamb. It's also on demand on the BYU TV app. Check it out. After the break, Deep Blue on DB, Zane Anderson, and Kalani will take your questions from social media. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Looking at our Cougars in the NFL, Daniel Sorensen with the game ender. Got a pick that kind of sealed the deal for the Chiefs against the Bills yesterday afternoon. Picking off Josh Allen. Fred Warner was the second on the Niners with the seven tackles and a win over the Rams. Jamal Williams and uh, Green Bay taking a loss in the other Bay, Tampa, on the weekend. And you see Sione Takitaki's numbers as well. And those guys, uh, including Daniel Sorensen. Uh, well, Daniel, it's interesting that uh, Daniel picks off Josh Allen. Uh, to end the game, and uh, BYU played Josh Allen in the Poinsettia Bowl. Yeah, when he's at Wyoming, that's yeah, right. Yeah, and uh, BYU ended that game with a pick when Kaina Kua. Kaina Kua, that's right, yeah, yeah to seal, seal the win. Yeah, that's... The Cougars have a habit of doing that to Josh <laughs> Allen, apparently. Hey, but when, when, when BYU played him, did you get a sense? We knew he was something special. I mean, because we had all that time to prep for the uh, the bowl game, saw all the, all their film, and, and he's, he's a special player. So, yeah, he, I mean, he's having success in the NFL right now except when he's facing Daniel Sorensen. Exactly right. Uh, so what is uh, the weirdest thing you've seen happen in a BYU football game? It's a good question with some good answers, as it turns out, as we discovered in this week's Cougar Q&A presented by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. The weirdest thing to happen to me during a game. I remember one time me and Zakatoa were sitting on the bench and... My helmet was already on my head and we were going out for offense and I grabbed his and tried to put it on me at the same time. He was just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what's wrong with you? Why are you trying to put my helmet on? So well, the play was over and we were like kind of giving up, getting up and someone just saw my undies and thought, I'm just gonna And I was like, what are we back in third grade? We're giving wedgies now? Probably I was warming up and some random fan yelled, and it was my, my first time warming up in a game and some random guys yelled, Rex, you suck. And I didn't ever even like play in the game, so it was kind of sad. I don't know. I get bloody noses a lot, so one time I just got a bloody nose, and it couldn't didn't stop for like half hour, so it was bleeding all over my jersey, bleeding everywhere, and I couldn't stop it. The weirdest thing that happened was uh, Zach Daw. He, he threw a shoe in the middle 
in the air, and it was just super confusing, and everyone was like, what, what just happened? Probably Zach Daw throwing the shoe at Tennessee. That's probably the weirdest thing I've ever witnessed. Zach Dahl throws a quarterback shoe in the air, and I thought he was going to get flagged, but he didn't, and I just thought that was weird. I thought it was funny. Coach Kalani got mad at him, yelled at him, but I thought it was super funny, so. Oh, I don't even know if I can answer this question, but I guess, you know, just adrenaline makes you do some crazy stuff sometimes. Sometimes shoes fly, and I don't know. Can't really answer that. Sometimes shoes fly. Hey. Just on their own. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me that Zach, but that, that, it, was imp it was actually an impressive throw. Because he, I mean, he Good threw form. It, Good decent form. Yeah. yeah. He, he threw it almost a quarter mile, it seemed like. Yeah. No, but he's a, yeah, he's a great player and, and sometimes gets really, really uh, aggressive and he, uh, apparently doesn't like the opposing team's shoe. Uh, weirdest thing you've seen in a game, either, either as a coach or a player? Um, I, I don't know. I, I think I've seen a lot of different things, but the the weirdest and coolest thing is the, the onside kick. That's <laughs> the one thing that I thought was perfectly executed. And it's just if you look at it, um, Jake has such great skill with his with being able to kick the football, and that's amazing that he was able to place the ball where he does. And he did he does it in practice often. They say they, he calls it his chip nine that particular kick. So that worked out pretty well. Uh, uh, social media for you now. Let's uh, start it off with at Soda Coog from Twitter. Uh, what was Houston? schematically doing that made running the ball in short yardage difficult on Friday night? And how can BYU exploit that if other teams do the same thing going forward? Thoughts on that? Yeah, I think we, we had we had the, um, you know, we've shown that um, that personnel set with a lot of people in a fullback and eye formation with two tights. And so I think when we brought that personnel set in, I think they kind of thought they knew what, what the, some of the plays were. And, and they, you know, crowded the line of scrimmage a lot and, um, you know, on the Lopini's touchdown run, that was a good good set to it. But that was also third down play. Yeah, I, I think for us it's just uh, whatever whatever it takes to score the points and get the first down. That's that's the most important thing. And we we like our our big set. It's just a matter of uh, you have to give them a lot of credit for crowding the box. And I think we need to make people pay when they do that. BYU is still perfect on the year on third and two, by the way, which is a third and short as well. Um, six for six on third and twos. At uh, dstot50 on Twitter for coach says, uh, I love your respect for the game and other coaches and players, whether it's taking off your hat to shake the opposing team's or hands or taking a knee rather than scoring when the game is decided. Where did you get that from? Love you, Kalani, says DSTOP50. Love you, DSTOP50. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I, when I played here and I had a coach by the name of Lavelle Edwards that we all know and love, and I was really impressed with how he carried himself and the amount of respect that you know, even his interactions with referees, interaction with everybody on the sideline, it was like such a cool thing. It gave me a good um, feeling on how the game of football should be played. And um, I saw these legendary coaches come from the other sideline, whether it's Lou Holtz or whoever it could be, and, and uh, show him so much respect, Bobby Bowden, all those great coaches. And I think it's because of the way he, he coached the guys and why, the way he respected the game. And I, I was able to spend some time with him, you know, as a player and as a captain for him, but... Uh, I, 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 that gels really with who I am and, and the way I see the game, and I think it's a lot more fun to do it that way. Okay, one more question for you from uh, Twitter. David asks, says, it seems that uh, when BYU was struggling on defense in the second and third quarters against Houston, there were some missed tackles, a lot of missed tackles. The tackling dramatically improved later in the game, and BYU was more successful. Was this something that was emphasized during the game? 
Yeah, I think when you get into space and when you're facing a lot of athletic um, speedsters in space, sometimes guys tend to not trust their training and, and, and a lot of the fundamentals of the game. And, and sometimes they go outside of what they actually know how to do, and that's coming to balance and, and uh, taking the right angles and finishing the tackles. And we, we really, you know, we're always practicing on coming to balance and things like that. And sometimes you do everything right, and they still make a great play. And, and when you're facing a lot of great athletes, it's when you really need to lean on the fundamentals of the game and, and lean on your training and, and the muscle memory that you've done so many thousands of reps of this. And I think more than anything, I want our guys to trust themselves. We have, we have guys that are great athletes themselves too. So when you see speed in, in space, we're, we're, we have a lot of speedsters too. So I think I want them to trust more hmm. of their training, trust their abilities and, and uh, you know, stay, stay in the realm of what they are capable of doing. And that's being a sound tackler and being, making sure that they do their 111th on the field and that they, they can be trusted to do their assignment. And you trusted man to work and man coverage worked? Yeah, and then that's, uh, I mean, everybody likes to be, likes to be challenged. And, and I think uh, once we, you know, we put the challenge out there, we told our D-line, hey, we don't have Kyrus, but you can play for him and Zoe and uh, represent them, represent all the hard work that you did. And we're going to need somebody to step up. And, and uh, you know, we, we, we decided to double down on them doing it and, and trust our coverage. And, Every, every coverage of where the zone and turns into man eventually anyways, and it's just, man is just a sped up zone, you know? So uh, we feel like we can do a lot of different things scheme-wise and lean on our players. We had a lot of DBs banged up early in the season mm -hmm. and um, not giving the game plan away, but we, I think we should be able to utilize all the skill that we have. Okay, there it is. Let's head to break and tell you that on the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, Super Mario, Patrick Mahomes and more as the Cougars continue to crush it. That's very intriguing. Uh, watch it on the BYU Sports Nation social media platform. Still to come with us, we'll visit with defensive lineman Zach Daw. And in case you missed it, we'll have In Case You Missed It. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. BYU Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by... Intermountain Healthcare, always here for you. Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. And by Qualtrics. Well, the sport of football can take its physical toll, and for certain players, it can both rob them of playing time while also extending the time they have to live out their dreams. That's been the case for senior defensive back Zane Anderson as we see in tonight's edition of Deep Blue, presented by America First Credit Union. Well, it's good to be out fishing with you, too, taking a break, and it's good to clear the mind. Yeah. Mine's of, remember all the times we used to go to Strawberry, too? Yeah. Those are good times. I feel like that's something that everyone in our family enjoys doing, is fishing or just getting out. Get out as a family, huh? Yeah. I know, me too. I mean, I've always kind of grown up just loving football. Um, it kind of came from my dad at a young age. I... Ever since he was little, if he saw somebody doing something that he wanted to do, he was going to do it better. That's why he's where he's at right now. And I wish I had more of that in my life, <laughs> to be competitive and, and have that desire and hunger to be the best at whatever he does. It's been a journey and it's been a lot of, it's been a roller coaster, but it's been amazing. I've learned a lot throughout all the process I've been through. 
all the ups and downs. It's, it's been good and it's taught me a lot. And it's made me in the man I am today. Personal. He's every bit of 220 pounds, and he is thick. If an athlete's ever been injured, they know exactly what I'm talking about. It's just, it's just tremendously difficult. You feel isolated from the team. You feel like a piece of your identity is taken away. I feel like through this whole journey, I've seen the light, and I'm, I'm getting closer to it, I'm getting closer to it, and then I fall, but then I just keep on getting closer. And so mentally, I, I, there were some big struggles, I think, at, during the season. I'm watching your team play and you're not being out there and just kind of looking at your goals and seeing that they're kind of getting far apart from you. He has this incredibly high metabolism. And so when he's not able to train and be in the weight room and, and you know, for whatever reason, surgery, not able to eat, uh, eat as well as he does, he'll drop 20 pounds of muscle in a very short period of time, in a couple of weeks. And I've seen that happen to him a couple of times now. And so that, that just adds to that dark cloud hanging over the top of him. He would be upset for a little while, but then he just looked at the future and said, I'm going to get better. I can do this. You know, I can show myself, show everybody what I've got next time. He is a resilient young man, tons of speed. He has so much athleticism and such a great charisma. Four-man rush. Orny Brookwell protected. Long throw intercepted. And it's picked off by Anderson. He's going to be something in the future. You know, I, I don't know what it is, but he's just seen a, a, a birth of a, of a great leader. And then some of the situations that he's had, and I think he does it with a lot of empathy, and he leads through a lot of uh, you know, just being able to know what others are going through, especially our injured players, and uh, motivating them to, to keep it going. Stanton picked off, held on to. St. Anderson, second career pick. People start doubting, oh, he's injury prone, he's da-da-da-da-da. And it's just kind of, it, it's, it's, that's frustrating as well, but there have been super unlucky circumstances. And so at the end of the day, I'm just trying to do what I can with under my control. I feel like my heavenly father has blessed me with talents. I've faced adversity with those things, but um, there's a way out. And I, I really believe in myself that I can make it to the next level and that I can have a successful and healthy season. Nothing's been given to Zane. He's always had to work whatever he wanted to do. Everything's on his terms. He's the guy that made it happen. Um, we'd go to work and we'd aerate lawns. We'd knock doors, me and my brother and my dad, and that would help us pay for these going into colleges camps. And so I really appreciate everything he's done for me. I would say both my parents are heroes, just in different ways. They're the reason why I'm here, and they've, they've sacrificed so much to get me here. I've always been proud of Zane. He's just, he's just always been kind of a quiet little hero. He's such a good example for his brothers and sisters, for me. Just everybody kind of looks up to him. To see him happy and successful as a dad, that's... That's fulfillment for me right there. And to see him reach his dreams, it makes me happy, so. Lots to admire about uh, Zane Anderson. We saw in the piece there that his, uh, his wishes were for a healthy season, and so far, so good for Zane, right? Awesome family, and you know, Zane has this, uh, he has, his leadership skills are unbelievable. And, it, and the fact that he faced adversity and is able to take his hardships and then 
that connection that he has reaching out to players that are going through rehab and injury and um, you know I think he's a he's a, a beacon of light to them and that's why the team looks at him as a captain voted him to be a captain and their leader and he's, he's got a quiet streak he doesn't like to talk too much but um, his example is unbelievable and his love is what this, this place is all about and so I'm, I'm honored to, to coach him and glad that he's a captain and leader on our team and great to see the season going the way it is for him and the guys uh, last year's BYU team by the way ranked 117th in the in the FBS in sacks per game one season later BYU's up more than 100 spots 15th right now in sacks per game and our next guest is one of the big reasons why it's a pleasure to, tonight to say hello to defensive lineman Zach Da joining us from the student athlete building let's bring in Zach and say hello Zach how you doing Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing very, very well. So this last week, uh, this last Friday, uh, a real high point uh, had to be probably for you in, in your career. The numbers were there for you personally, but what a big win uh, for the boys to come back the way you did. Congrats on that W. Thank you. It was a fun one. What made it most uh, enjoyable, you think, when you look back on it? What was the, what was the highlight of the night for you? Um, you know, I served my mission in Houston, so to be able to go back and and be in Houston was fun, but um, it was just, it was a ball game. It was a grind, you know, no one handed it over for us. You know, we had to fight the whole time and, and uh, we we're all unified the whole game. So it was fun just to, um, it wasn't fun to be down, you know, no one likes that, but it was fun to be able to unify together and, and uh, go out there and, and win the ball game. That was a lot of fun. It was a never give up kind of game. And it felt like BYU got stronger as the game got longer and the fans got louder. It was just building all night long, it felt. Kalani. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Kalani, uh, Zach Daw brings what to your team? He's so tough. I mean, if you know anything about the Daw family, the toughness is unbelievable. And his older brother played here at O-line for us. And I think we thought that Zach would be the same type of player uh, he's a lot like Zane had to overcome some adversity and you know it was recommended that he retire from football and and uh, we did that with Zach and this kid didn't want to give up his dream of playing football and showed back up again and wanted to play and, and walked on and uh, came back lighter and wanted to play D-line and D-end and believed in himself and we gave him a chance and then it was quick quick it was easy decision to get him scholarship back because he quickly moved into the rotation became a starter and a leader for our team and uh, I mean this kid's a tough kid and, and he's doing some great things and he's he's I think he's one of the best DNs out there and you see the way that he plays the run game and the way he plays the pass game he's a he's a great uh, representation of how tough he is and how tough his family is and what you just talked about Kalani was uh, was referenced on social media after the Houston game uh, Matt Bushman Zach did you see this tweet from Matt yeah I saw it your thoughts on it um, you know, it was super humbling. Um, a lot of times you don't think back, but, you know, especially come from Matt, you know, someone I, I look up to a lot and someone I've, you know, someone I love, someone of my brothers, you know, he's been battling back and, um, you know, it hasn't always been an easy road, but, um, you know, I've had great coaches along the way, great mentors, my family support around me, um, just helping see what, what I can do and, and everyone's just just helped me 100%. So um, I honestly wouldn't be here today without all the support and love from family and friends and coaches. So it was just kind of a humbling 
experience for me to see Matt say that. We have uh, one more tweet we want to show our audience and, and you, and, and may maybe you saw this one as well, or maybe you didn't, from Tom Holmo. He said, I'm very impressed with how Zach and others stepped up in a big way when we were down a few key players coming down the stretch of the Houston game. That's what it took. And uh, Zach, yeah, I mean, uh, no Kairos Tonga. You, you'd already lost Zoe. So you were down in numbers. Uh, you guys came together as a group, showed your depth, and, uh, and, and pulled together. How did you feel about having to go into that game down the guys you were? Um, you know, I talked to Kairos before the game, and, uh, you know, he had our back going in. And, you know, we've all been coached well. We have a lot of depth, great players on the team. And uh, we all circled up like we do every game. It was a little bit smaller, but um, we looked at each other and we said, look, Zoe, Kairos, you know, we got guys watching our game supporting us. Like, we got to go out and, and do our best. And I thought Caden Hawes and Gabe Summers and Bracken, you know, Bracken's a monster. Um, that's a whole other story, but... And Alden Topa, all, all the D linemen who played really stepped up. And there wasn't just one guy playing out there. It was all of us playing together, working together on the sidelines to change stuff. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a great defensive line game. Yeah, Kalani, when we talked early in, on game day, uh -huh. uh, things looked a little dicey on the D line, but you guys came through in uh, flying colors. Yeah, and we, we feel comfortable with challenging our young players to step up. And we knew someone would. But... I think that the key is having Zach's uh, tenacity and his physical part of the game, his toughness, his leadership was able to rally people around. And, um, and, and you know, he's an all-American wrestler, so he doesn't ever get tired, and, and, and he's going to be resilient to the very end. And uh, he's a big part of why our, our identity this year as a D-line is, is taken off. It's because of his leadership and his example. Great segue to Zach Dawes' grappling days. Uh, he was a, uh, a high school wrestler at uh, Pleasant Grove High School, an All-American high school wrestler at Pleasant Grove High School. And, and Zach, our viewers are seeing some of your action photos from back in the day. Oh, yeah. Did those days seem like a long time ago or just like yesterday? Oh, um, some of it. I still got the moves. I still got them, but it was, it was a while ago. But a lot of fun. Uh, the, uh, the, the shoe incident at Tennessee. Uh, are you... Does it get tiresome to you to have to talk about that or when people want to bring it up? Um, Coach Sataki addressed that, that one, so <laughs> I'll let that one slide. But uh, We all make know, mistakes. Great game. Great, <laughs> great W after that one. But in reality, there was a lot of hype. In, in reality, there's some great technique involved, and there was some distance to the throw, Kalani. Yeah, I mean, he's really strong. And you can see, I don't know who can throw a shoe like that, but obviously Zach Dahl can. And, and uh, you know, we, we just... We try to play the game with a little bit more sportsmanship. I don't. I don't think Zach meant anything. There's no ill intent in that throw. I think he was just. It was there, and he. He. You ripped it off, right, Zach? I think Zach was probably upset that he didn't make the tackle in the backfield, and probably just got mad at himself and took it out on the shoe. <laughs> Zach, uh, update us on brother Parker Daw, who was a Cougar before you. Um, Parker's just working. He's got three beautiful kids now: two boys and a baby girl. Um, you know, he's still thinks he can beat me one-on-one -on -one in wrestling, but, uh, I won't say anything to him. Um, we'll keep that one off the cameras for his own pride, <laughs> but he's doing awesome. Um, working hard, mentoring me. I'm um, just keeping me, you know, focused and, and, uh, he's always trying to coach me up. Why don't you do this, 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 but you know, he's an awesome older brother. I always look up to him and, uh, you know, he's the secret you know, our whole family just, he just has his own story, hard work, and 
he's always been there for me and mentoring me. So awesome, big brother. Well, it's great to have the Daw family name still part of Cougar football. Uh, Zach, thank you so much. And Kalani, I'll let uh, you thank Zach and uh, send us into break here. Zach's a stud. I think he got into wrestling because of the outfits. If you know anything <laughs> about his personality, he probably liked wearing the singlet uh, a lot and probably misses it. Him and Bracken probably get, get a nice little uh, wrestling uh, tournament going pretty soon. <laughs> Love you, Zach. <laughs> Love you, Coach. Appreciate it. Thanks, Greg. All right, thanks a lot, Zach. That is Zach Daw, and we are heading to break, and we'll tell you that you can break down Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon each week on After Further Review, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app, and then uh, see it on demand as well. You see it at 7 p.m. Tuesdays. As we go to break, uh, this week's trivia question presented by Qualtrics, who was the last BYU player with 200 or more receiving yards in a single game? We'll tell you after our final break. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. It's our final segment of the show. Here's our trivia question. Who was the last BYU player with 200 or more receiving yards in a single game? Why, it's our friend Dennis Pitta against Northern Iowa 12 years ago. By the way, that team of 2008 was the last team to open 6-0, and BYU can go to 6-0 with a win this weekend. All right, uh, game day schedule this Saturday night for BYU and Texas State. 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time on BYU Radio with Cougar Pregame Live. Then countdown to kickoff at the top of the next hour on BYU TV. Kickoff itself will be at 8.15 uh, 8 Mountain, 10.15 Eastern on ESPN. And then postgame on BYU TV and BYU Radio afterward. All right, it is time for a segment we like to call In Case You Missed It with things that you might have missed. And so in case, we show them to you. And here we go. All right, so the old viral Fleetwood Mac Dreams video has been duplicated and replicated <laughs> by our own Cosmo with the chocolate milk, of course. That's impressive. Just guess, not drinking it. Yeah, guess who liked uh, the Chiefs call? Patrick Mahomes tweeted out, well done, after uh, ESPN tweeted BYU going with Chiefs to Mason Wake. That was pretty cool to see Patrick showing some love for Mason and the Cougs. And uh, you don't see this a lot, Kalani, a fair catch inside the two-yard line? Yeah. You'll and take then, it. You'll take it. Yeah, and then, you know, the worst thing is that Max Tooley points it out to him, but I, I, we didn't take advantage of it. They they uh, they marched down and scored on us, so, you know, that uh, maybe maybe he knew something that we didn't know. They did, they did go 98 yards uh, on the ensuing drive. Uh, another special team's miscue in the form of a 13-yard punt. This actually had a huge tactical impact. It gave you a short field, and you scored very quickly after this. Yeah, we, we felt really good about pressuring the kicker, and, um, you know, we gave a lot of credit to the three guys that were in there trying to get pressure on him to, to force a kick, and Eric kick, and it worked. Ended up being a 13-yard punt. So, uh, yeah, it was Cougars and Cougars. Clash of the Cougs with uh, only the spelling of the word Cougs between the two, and it ended up being... Uh, well, BYU's house on that night. Cougars uh, took care of business in the uh, cat fight last Friday night. The previous Can plans have a further review. Yeah, so there was this. Uh, there was a play involving uh, Micah Harper and uh, one of the Houston players, and it ended up being a lengthy review. How lengthy? <laughs> well, like six-plus minutes uh, of length. And, uh, yeah, there is actually a stipulation in the rule book says the expectation is not longer than two minutes. Unless it's the end of the game or multiple aspects. And that one went uh, more than six minutes. So that was a little, little lengthy, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that drive itself was a weird one. 
We, we forced two fumbles, didn't recover it. We, the, Houston made a lot of plays there. We, you know, we, we apparently got a, a, a targeting and then got a headbutt, but didn't take advantage, didn't get the benefit of it. So uh, here's a popular uh, meme type deal that uh, pops up on the social. This is when BYU is kind of maybe lagging during the second <laughs> and third quarters. And yes, Wolverine saying, oh, if, if we only had Kyrus. But you're getting Kyrus back this week. That, 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 that's a good thing. Uh, Kalani, you wanted to reward the fans who came out to support you by giving them a little bit of the, uh, the trademark Kalani moves on the way out. Well, you know, I, I can't go up. I want to go hug them all, but I can't do that, obviously, because of the pandemic. But uh, I want to just show them as much love as I can. And uh, I, guess, I guess the Cabbage Patch, you know, is, is all I got right there. Coaches have to be fully focused, but uh, Coach Mateo says, I had interference on my headset during the game from a Spanish radio station. I thoroughly enjoyed it. This song came on during the break before the fourth quarter. Highly recommend. Hope everyone enjoyed their Sabbath next week with a little a new week with a little history. That was from Coach Mateos. Have you yeah. probably play that song before every fourth yeah, quarter maybe, now. Maybe it's a, a good luck song for the guys <laughs> now. All right, uh, that is going to do it. Uh, Kalani, best of luck against the Texas State Saturday night with home fans in the stands. Should be a fun one. Looking forward to it. Go Cougs. All right, we'll do this Let's again go. for you next Tuesday at 8:30 Eastern for Zach Daw. And the coach, Kalani Sitake. My name is Greg Grubel. We'll see you next week here at Studio C here at BYU Broadcasting. Hashtag Sitake Show for your questions for the coach. Once again, BYU-Texas State Saturday night. This has been BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Have a great week. Go Cougs. We'll see you next week.